This is the way. This is the morning drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here on this Monday. And joining us online, it's the new, relatively new, president of Vermont State University, David Berg. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Great to join you, uh, Kurt and Anthony. Thanks so much for having me this morning. Love having you on. Thanks for being on the Morning Drive. Let's start out with telling us uh, a little bit about your history. My understanding is you attended, uh, when it was called Vermont State Colleges, you attended one of the colleges. Uh, didn't didn't attend, but but worked at actually. Oh, okay. I spent I spent, uh, I spent 19 years working at the then uh, Johnson State College. Uh, obviously, now one of the campuses within the uh, uh, within the university. So uh, was in Vermont for 19 years, and uh, and now I'm uh, delighted to be returning and uh, and and leading the newly unified uh, university in its first year. And what did you do uh, after when you left jo- when you left Johnson? When I left Johnson, I actually took a position over in, in upstate New York at uh, Casanova College, and uh, and I'm an upstate New York native, so I uh, back and forth between uh, upstate New York and, and Vermont, basically my, my history, and uh, and I think your, your Plattsburgh listeners will be uh, interested to know I actually went to high school over in Malone. So, uh, so <laughs> yeah, so I uh, have, have crossed the pond back and forth a few times, and now uh, back on, on the right side. Well, well we, we just talked with Jerry Manor from Seacom, and uh, he's in Malone. So, uh, oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> when? Uh, just a personal note. When were you at Johnson? Uh, Johnson from '97 to uh, 2016. Okay, so I'm old. I, I didn't know if you. Uh, there was a, a phenomenal president at Johnson in the '80s when I was there, Eric Gilbertson. Oh yes, and um, that was all part of the the whole uh, rebuilding of. Uh, of the northern campuses, and um, so uh, uh, welcome back um, as a graduate of Johnson. I'm really glad to hear that. Well, well, thank you. Yeah, it's a special place that that campus, as you know. Yes, it is. We're glad to have you back. So, welcome back. And now, uh, now, and let's just just to clear clear this up for some people. Mike uh, Mike Smith was the interim president, but you also are interim, right? Right, right. It's a little confusing, right? So. Uh, so, so Mike came in uh, for a short-term interim period, uh, given uh, the unanticipated transition of the departure of the, the prior president, and really came in as a, a short-term stopgap uh, uh, six months to just kind of get things leveled off and pointed back in the right direction. Uh, and then there was a commitment that there would be another, uh, you know, full national uh, search in the future for a, for a permanent president. But in the interim. Um, I've come in and agreed to do this on, on an 18-month basis to really, again, continue to advance the work of the university here and still its first year, have things positioned well for, for longer-term growth um, down the road. So so I'm on board at least until uh, the uh, uh, end of the spring 2025 uh, semester. So, so got got some time here. So you're interim, but longer than Mike Smith interim. That's correct. Now, what uh, as you come in, of course, we know there's, there's been some issues Mike Smith was working on. Uh, what do you hope to accomplish in the 18 months? What's the, what are the biggest things you hope to accomplish? Right. Well, I think, um, you know, really, and, and again, people forget we're still in our first year as a brand new university. So I think to continue the, the good work that's been done uh, to kind of put us on a path toward uh, financial sustainability, which really we're in the best uh, footing in that regard uh, than we've been in a long, long time. So uh, just continue to, to um, again, position 
the university for longer-term growth, aligning our continuing to align our academic offerings with the needs of, of Vermonters and the employment needs here in in, uh, in Vermont. And uh, you know, but in the short term, frankly, in the next, uh, I keep saying in the coming weeks and months, there's been so much change at such a fast pace here that if anything, what I'd like to uh, offer everyone here on campus this spring is, uh, I keep saying, a chance to for us to collectively catch our breath a little bit and give give folks some space to kind of clear their breath and, uh, and refocus and, uh, and really get back to the work at hand supporting our students. What, uh, can you tell us, explain to us what Optimization 2.0 is? Sure. So Optimization 2.0 was an exercise to uh, really look at aligning the academic offerings of the university with the needs um, uh, of Vermont and of our students, making sure we had programs that were relevant and in demand, and also making sure we had an affordable uh, a program mix. I mean, one of the real challenges, as you know, I mean, all of our um, campuses were had been in the red, and so needing to uh, make some hard choices around programs that need to be consolidated, in some cases eliminated or moved from one particular campus to another to gain efficiency. So that's, in a nutshell, the, the, the optimization 2.0 piece. Uh, you know, at the same time, we also had an administrative optimization initiative, which was uh, the reduction and streamlining of administrative positions, again, across the, the university. So both of those obviously really challenging and, and, and tough exercises. These are real folks and, and jobs we're talking about, but I think necessary, obviously, to uh, to realign us and, and put us, again, on a, on a path toward fiscal stability. Have you had a chance to sit down with the student groups and talk about their concerns? Because obviously they've 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 been pretty clear about some of the concerns that they have with the, the proposed cuts. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I just, uh, you know, I've been making my way around to the various campuses. I just uh, did a Q&A session with the student council on the, on the, here on the Randolph campus, which is where I've uh, been primarily based uh, just the other night. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think, um, you know, what I have found in, in talking with students, staff, and faculty alike is that there's an understanding of, of the need for, for change. I think there's just a desire to make sure that uh, voices are heard in that process and that folks feel that there's been um, appropriate input, you know, from, from students uh, in particular, but also from faculty and staff. And so, uh, you know, I've been having some really productive conversations with student leaders uh, around the various campuses on that. And, uh, you know, it's been very heartening because, you know, you hear about people's concerns, but when you talk to folks, I mean, they've been very open about sharing you know, certainly the things they're worried about and the, and the things they're concerned about, also their, you know, their their hopes, their their aspirations, and the reasons for optimism. But even even the concerns have been shared in a really constructive way of of wanting this place to succeed. And you know, that's something I've encountered anywhere I've been. You know, walk, making my, my rounds around the state, talking with folks, and people are rooting for us, and that's been really energizing. And uh, so, yeah, I think you know, at the end of the day, you know, change of this magnitude is really it's disorienting and disconcerting to folks, and uh, but I think um, making sure people feel like they're having a voice in the process is the important thing, and that's the feedback I've received. All right, well, we've got a call for you, so let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hi, good morning. Um, a couple of years ago when this whole idea was sold to the taxpayers, uh, it was to save money. Can you tell me how many employees have been uh, let go? How, how have you reduced the overhead to make this work? I mean, that was supposed to be the big thing, was to save money. Campuses were in the red. There was duplicate this and duplicate that. So to us commoners, how many people were let go to reduce the overhead? That's 
really the the only grounds that we have to decide whether it's working or not. Yeah, yeah, uh, great question. Uh, to the specific uh, question you ask, it's in this last wave of, of these optimization initiatives we just discussed, it's been over 30 positions that have been reduced, 30 to 40 positions total that have been reduced, but we're also, you know, looking at cost savings measures um, across the board, and you're right. I mean, the, the, one of the uh, goals of this was to find cost savings. I mean, the state and the governor have been uh, great supporters in terms of their commitment to all of our campuses and uh, to investing in us, And uh, you know, but as part of that, we've got to show that we're good stewards of, of that support, and so there's been a, a commitment overall to a reduction of, of $25 million of expenses over five years, and that's that's a lot, and it takes time, and, that, and it means there's a lot of difficult uh, conversations that have to happen. But so, so that's the immediate um, work that happened in the last year in terms of employee base reduction. Obviously, there's going to be um, other places where we look for savings going forward. I mean, we have a we're we're we have physical campuses that were designed in a different time. Um, you know, that that, that don't uh, that are overbuilt in terms of the demographics that we face. Now, so as we look at ways of maintaining all of our campuses as vibrant places, uh, to think creatively about consolidating and uh, you know make, building vibrancy into those spaces and looking at in some cases some alternate uses for portions of those campuses. So those are the kind of things we're we're, we're looking at moving forward to continue to find cost savings and efficiencies and looking at ways in doing so that we can. Uh, leverage those campuses in that example as as resources in their the communities they're in and find ways that we can potentially partner with uh, with local entities in the in the regions where the campuses are housed. But uh, but yeah, looking at efficiencies, uh, cost savings is is a, is a significant focus of our work right now. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick two minute break. We're chatting with. Uh... New president of Vermont State University, uh, David Berg. If you got a question for him, triple eight four one four zero three on FM ninety six three AM six twenty News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Curtin Anthony here, continuing our discussion now with uh, the new, relatively new president of Vermont State University, David Berg. If you have a question for the president, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline. Triple eight four one four zero three zero three, President Berg. What about uh, we know the fiscal issues uh, that you're working on? What about enrollment? One of the issues was low enrollment. What What do you think you can do to increase enrollment or encourage increased re- enrollment for the for the uh, state universities? Sure, sure. Well, you know, I think uh, you know we were we were pleased to meet our enrollment targets for the first year of ETSU this this year and. Uh, Something we're pleased about, but yeah, we're we're really challenged as our you know nations or our uh, institutions across the nation, I should say, around uh, demographics and the and the decline of traditionally aged college students, and uh, you know, and I'll be frank that that probably all the uh, the press about the various changes and controversies happening at the university here in its first years, uh, you know, were probably not helpful in the middle of recruitment cycles, but. Uh, but you know, I think there's a, a number of, of reasons for optimism as we're moving forward around uh, enrollment. Uh, one of those is is that you know Vermont has a pretty big disparity between the percentage of a uh, number of their students who graduate, our students who graduate from high school and then go on to uh, to further credential programs. So I think there's there's um, a population there uh, that we can serve and do a better job getting the word out about our offerings. And, uh, you know, we're also really designed to be meeting the needs of more non-traditional students, of, of students who are, you know, maybe going back to 
are changing careers or are looking uh, later in life to to do study. I mean, we really want to meet Vermonters where they are, and I think that's a, a really important uh, point and message uh, for us is that uh, you know we we have programs that again, as I said, we've tried to align with the state force. Um, state workforce needs, uh, whether that's uh, nursing, which we're obviously expanding. Uh, we've really seen growth in some of our apprenticeship programs like plumbing and electrical, but also, you know, the, the state needs a lot of mental health counselors, and we've got a great mental health uh, counseling program. So uh, whether it's education, engineering, um, again, aligning, aligning the programs we have with the needs is one way to be uh, boosting enrollment. I mean, for, for folks out there listening interested in, in nursing, for example, I mean, we have a laddered approach in that area which enables you to kind of build credentials as you're working, uh, as you're, you know, throughout your your career, and these are great paying jobs in, in the state. So I think uh, as we look at enrollment, obviously we want to grow it, And uh, but I think uh, making sure that Vermonters know that we have the programs that are going to align them with the jobs that are out there uh, is what makes us optimistic of, uh, of achieving that growth. All right, well, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, everyone. Uh, just an observation and a suggestion, maybe. Uh, I was at Vermont Tech in Randolph Center for my first year. The second year, uh, I needed to work. And the only way I could do that is to live in Randolph, three miles down the road. Uh, would be great if they had a shuttle bus so they can accommodate uh, students that don't want to be at campus but want to, you know, study at campus, et cetera. Just a thought. Yeah, I appreciate that thought. And I'm, I'm sitting here this morning up on the top of the hill at, uh, in Randolph Center, and uh, I can appreciate that's a bit of a haul down into the <laughs> into the village. So uh, happy to pass that along to our folks here. I I know there have been there has been efforts over the years at our various campuses to look at at public transportation options. So um, certainly gr- glad for us to revisit that. And President Berg, you're you're located at, at Randolph at the Randolph Tech Center. Correct. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, that's my home office is at the uh, Randolph campus. But obviously, uh, uh, working the roads quite a bit, driving the back roads of Vermont uh, <laughs> yeah. to get to all of our campuses uh, on a regular basis. I'm sure. And how do you how do you look, when you sit down and look at all the different issues? Oh, are there different? There must be different issues between Randolph and Castleton and Johnson and et cetera. Yeah, you know, one of the things that. Um, that I'm actually really excited about about the university is with this collection of campuses that that previously were independent or had their own identity is uh, looking at the ways to maintain the the culture of each of these campuses while also enabling them to take advantage of the benefits of being part of a larger university. So kind of having the the best of both worlds. But yeah, there, I mean, as you know, there's a, there's a different feel and a different vibe on each of the campuses. Uh, you know, I think increasingly uh, students are seeing themselves as part of a larger university, and, and it's becoming a little more fluid of, of folks going to events on, on other campuses, uh, getting to know students across uh, across the campuses. But yeah, there's still definitely distinctions, uh, and, and that's and that's a good thing, and I think that's going to continue to be the case. Well, I think it's a it's an organization that you know I had a a, a, a larger view of it because my senior year I was involved at the you know at the at the the, the the higher level, but um, the each campus offers such unique and different programs to be able to pull them together and then promote across campuses. I would think uh, eventually 
uh, is going to work out very, very well because you have, you know, there are certain schools that are just known for certain things. And, and as opposed to competing with one another, if you can develop some kind of economies of scale and, and, um, it's, it's nice to hear. I was, my question was going to be, are you already seeing students looking at options that maybe, maybe they started at Castleton and they're like, well, maybe I want to try this. And they're looking at maybe moving into other, move, literally transferring to other campuses, which is now an internal move. Right. Right, it's not even a transfer, right? <laughs> anymore, it's a it's a, it's a move, as you say. Yeah, we're seeing uh, students becoming more and more aware of uh, the opportunities that are that are present when you have multiple campuses. So, uh, you know, the idea with with the the, the current arrangement and with centering uh, programs together that logically bunch is that you know you you live on the campus. Uh, that houses your major and, and, and programs associated with that, but you have the opportunity to be taking classes at any of these campuses, uh, you know, virtually or in, in person. And so it really just expands your, your, your horizons and your opportunities. Yeah, I think that, that it, you've, got, you've got some uh, transitional pain that's going to that's gonna have to happen. But in the end, I think it would be great because uh, as a product of one of the schools, I used to think, well, it'd be fun to, to take a course at Linden, or uh, there was something that was going on at Castleton that I was interested in, but it just it didn't fit. Uh, and I had friends that transferred, and like you just said, now it's you can just open it up, uh, look at look at the course offerings, and say, I'm gonna I want to take this course. Yeah, no, it, it it is really exciting, and I think we have the opportunity here in Vermont with VTSU to really do something that's pretty groundbreaking at a national level and that, you know, if we do this well, can really be a model uh, for others. We're almost out of time. Are you confident um, that none of the, you know, whether it be Linden, Randolph, uh, Johnson, Castleton, that none will need to be shut down? So, so my understanding, and obviously I wasn't here at the beginning when a lot of this uh, was discussed at the, at the State House. But my understanding is there's a commitment to maintaining the vibrancy of all of these uh, these campuses. I mean, these campuses, as you know, are critical engines uh, economically, culturally, and otherwise in the in the communities and regions that they're located in. And they were intentionally placed in those areas uh, when the system was created, in uh, in many t- times to, to to serve underrepresented areas. So uh, I'm working forward with the assumption that uh, we are going to maintain. All of these campuses, and over time, you know, it may not all look the same as it does now in terms of the range of things and how they're being offered on each of these campuses. But we are moving forward with the assumption of keeping them all vital. And uh, next spring, I think you've got a little bit more than a year, so into 2025. At the end of your tenure, before a new president comes in, how will you judge success? What will success look like? I think if a year from now, if we're truly, I mean, as you, you, you mentioned, uh, use the term growing pains, and I think that's very much where we are now. I mean, naturally so in the first year. I'd like to see by next year a really settled and established VTSU uh, where, you know, it's commonplace for students to be taking advantage of and understanding and seeing the ways, the benefits of utilizing resources and opportunities across the campuses. And I think uh, for our staff and faculty to feel more comfortable in their roles uh, in that new model, I think if we're there a year from now, uh, that'll have us really well positioned uh, as we continue to move forward. All right. President David Berg, president uh, of Vermont State Universities, thanks for being on the morning drive today. And before I let you go, I just want to let you know that our uh, manager of our sales department, Dave Gadette, wanted to say hi. Oh, my goodness. Well, please say hi. 
what, one of the best parts of coming back has been running into all the former students that I used to know and work with at Johnson in, in all kinds of capacities across the state. And, and Dave God, that's, uh, he's a gem. Yep. We're Absolutely. out there, I'll tell you. We're like bad pennies. We turn up everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for being on the morning drive. All and, right. Thanks uh, so much. Welcome back anytime. I'd love to do it again. Thanks. All right. Thanks for okay. joining us. Well, right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to check in with Fox 